Matt, did I ever tell you about the time I was in Prague in the Czech Republic and I saw the uh, the president of the Czech Republic? Uh, no. Yeah, I so I was at this restaurant in Prague in like the historic district, and because Prague there's like two two like halves of Prague, the old and the new, and I was in the old part. Yeah. Um, on top of this big hill and it was this like non-fancy restaurant but right across the street from it was this um i was sitting outside and there was this um super fancy looking uh building of some sort with these like huge doors and there was all these people crowded outside while i was eating this is maybe like 30 40 yards away was this at the beer garden that was up there um it was kind of a beer garden so maybe yeah dude i've been there <laughs> okay <laughs> on the so, hill yeah 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 across you like so, cross the bridge and you climb up uh, like all those stairs like built into the side of the hill yeah exactly yep exactly i've been there um so i was sitting there um i i forget what i was eating i was eating something some just like a bar food kind of thing and um it was like a fried cheese it was very good and all of a sudden uh the huge doors open and this like guy walks out um and he was like followed by a bunch of other people and the people crowded around the door turned out to be paparazzi and I turned to our uh, our waiter who was right there, and I was like, "Oh, who's that? He seems important." And the waiter was just like, "That's our president. He's a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, the cheese is great. Theme song. <laughs> This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Uh, hello. And uh, joined by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. Because this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. Uh, this week, um, gamers, we will be discussing uh, a few things. Um, we will be discussing the uh, this movie that uh, Matt recommended and I watched. Um, Matt watched also, which is uh, what preempted his recommendation. Um, <laughs> the uh, It's called The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, it is a new Netflix uh, horror film starring Glenn Close and a bunch of people I've never seen nah, before. Dude, it's not even new. It's, it's not? It's old. It, dude, yeah, this movie came out in 2016, which blew my mind because it's so good and I had never heard of it. Okay, that movie was trash, but we'll get to that. And Are you uh, kidding? <laughs> in addition to talking about The Girl with All the Gifts... Uh, we'll be talking about this game that from my, uh, from what I've seen from Matt playing also looks like trash. It's called Monster Train, but apparently it's kind of the flavor of the month with, uh, all of our, uh, gamer boys trash. and girls in our, uh, in our discourse. So Matt, Game's Matt can good. defend the honor. Matt, you'll be doing a lot of honor defending this week. It seems like, um, otherwise on the agenda, we'll be talking through, um, some Diablo sessions, which is where you play Diablo with your Diablos um diablo 3 specifically and uh if we get to it we have a few other uh tricks up our sleeves not the tricks cereal which i currently have in my pantry but tricks is in you know hijinks and whatnot uh, they will ensue so uh yeah matt so tell me about you know we're a movie and video game podcast and uh why don't you tell me about your experience with uh the girl with all the gifts like how'd you hear about it what were your impressions well, since you dropped that bomb of not liking it, I I need you to go first be, because <laughs> I, I thought it was really good. Uh, I don't 
I don't know what you didn't like about it. I thought there was a lot of really interesting, well done parts of that movie. Um, so, so you should you should start. <laughs> I'm kind of confused. I thought you would love it. Okay, so just to some background, the girl with all the gifts is this Netflix horror movie. It's like a zombie movie uh set in like uh london like outside of london england where it's this future uh zombie apocalypse where um the zombies have pretty much won and um it starts at this uh like research base that's heavily guarded by these military um it's basically the last of us like this like the setup like how the zombies are and it kind of starts out how the last of us like ends it's like uh well spoiler alert for the last of us but it takes place basically in a facility where they're um trying to take people who are um like immune to this virus or in the case of the film the girl the uh, the gifts they're uh testing these children who are infected and have like zombie like tendencies and like they have they like crave flesh so you can't get too close to them but they otherwise are like normal children they're like using these kids and operating on them to um, create like a like a vaccine against the zombie virus. And the the movie takes place, you know, hijinks ensue. And this uh, scientist played by uh, Glenn Close um, and a group of other <clears throat> people from the research base um, go like across the uh, across the city of London during this uh, zombie pandemic to try to get this uh, this zombie girl uh to another research base that they hope is not overrun by zombies which they call hungries in the film um but yeah so that movie was really bad uh it's one of those movies that sounds really cool when you describe it to people because the premise is pretty good um like based on what i just what i just uh talked about there's some other cool parts about the the premise of the movie the zombies are like last of us zombies where they're like fungus based so when you see them they're really just kind of like loudly clicking their teeth and running like like uh like walk do walking dead zombies run maybe no. maybe they just walk they're like 28 days later dead. yeah yeah not the power <laughs> walking dead or the jogging dead um but the uh the zombies in here uh run and um they're pretty cool you know, as, as far as zombies go, it, it kind of reminded me of like World War Z where there's like huge hordes of zombies just like piling up on walls and stuff, though not to the extent of World War Z. Um, but the um, the the virus, it's not a virus that created the, the zombies. It's a, a fungus similar to The Last of Us. And, you know, they're like dissecting these like children zombies brains and you see the brains in these jars and they're like wrapped. They have, like fungus wrapped around them. Um, and the movie has some interesting parts to it like i don't i don't don't want to spoil too much because it is i mean it's enjoyable like bad horror movie in my opinion but um it uses it pulls from a lot of uh like zombie fiction you may be familiar with like the last of us like very heavily from the last of us a lot of stuff from like the walking dead um tropes like that some like dawn of the dead stuff you might you might remember if you've seen like dawn of the dead the remake even um so, I mean, it's not a terrible movie, but the the thing about it, like I described, like it sounds cool. Like the premise is good. Um, it's kind of interesting. These like fungal zombies I hadn't seen in a movie before. Um, yeah, I've just seen them in The Last of Us. And um, the thing about the movie, though, that I didn't like was that 
pretty much every part about the movie was bad or like it felt low budget um except glenn close i thought she was really good the the doctor who was trying to create the vaccine um i thought she like every scene she was in i was like wow she's really chewing up the scenery here like she is earning her paycheck which i imagine was like most of the budget of the movie um but a lot of the special effects i thought were kind of weak a lot of the zombie makeup looked like something you would see in like a i don't know like one of those zombie movies that you see on netflix and that doesn't have like a big hollywood star um like glenn close is like an academy award winner like recently i think um and it just i don't know felt cheap didn't really develop a lot of these characters in the movie except for like a couple of them so there was plot points in the movie that heavily revolved around like going and like saving someone who they expected you to care about or like understand why another character in the movie might care about and it just didn't have any of that it didn't have any weight to it for me like they did a pretty good job of describing the premise in the world um was kind of interesting but the bulk of the movie i thought was just kind of pointless um was more just like set pc action horror which i like but um i just felt like the movie took itself too like too seriously for me to come away having really enjoyed it like i might with like a like a resident evil type like horror like action horror film like i really like those movies because they're like very stupid and they kind of know they're stupid like people are getting like sliced into a million pieces with lasers and like the 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 bad guy is like clearly like in a rubber suit like that kind of thing but the girl with all the gifts i feel like is a netflix movie that got a high enough budget where it could like take itself like really seriously but was a little little too low to knock it out of the park and i just felt like it was kind of awkward um for me like it was in this awkward place of i didn't know didn't know if I should like be enjoying the badness or like having the badness of the movie frustrate me. Um, and I, I landed more in that camp, but um, like I said, it wasn't all bad. There were some really cool shots in the movie. Um, like, uh, you know, this is, it's not like the scenery was something that I had never seen before, but there were some really cool shots. Like in the very beginning, Matt, there's a, a really cool scene where um, there's like an attack on the base, like all these zombies, like break through the fence or something. And, that's right as uh, the doctor is about to operate on uh, one of these uh, one of these kids, and they keep going. Uh, they they go through with the operation, even though that like the, the base is under attack and they have no idea like you know how many troops are left to defend them. And they like press this button in the like clinic area, like the laboratory, to close these like armored like curtains down. And as they're doing it. They, they press the button and then through the, the window that doesn't have the armor on it yet, you can see people running in to this bunker they're into and like the light is coming through a door and they're running through it. So you just see their outlines. So you're not sure if they're like military or zombie or whatever. And they get, they run from like a hundred yards away or so and uh, like run straight up to the camera and dive through the, uh, the, the, the glass right before the armor can go down and like bite someone's like hand off or something. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Like that, like big long shot with someone running, running straight at you and you not knowing it was a zombie until the last second. Um, so that was cool. There was a cool, a, f- a few other cool, cool concepts and set pieces. Like at the end, I won't spoil anything, but at the end, like a big part of the movie centers around this large thing. And that large thing was, I thought was pretty cool. Like just for the world building aspect of the zombie, the type of zombie apocalypse they're living through. Um, but you know, I came out of that movie like I woke up this morning and forgot that I watched it. 
I had to like remind myself that I watched that movie because I found it more or less pretty forgettable. I disagree with you on almost every level. <laughs> First yeah, of all, you're yeah. wrong about something. It's not a Netflix movie. It's an it's independent not? film that uh okay. what it's a it's a independent film from the UK that I think Netflix just recently got the rights to. Um, oh, because it's, it's been like recommended to me a whole bunch in like the stylized way that Netflix originals are. But yeah, that, that that's really cool. Yeah, they probably have that branding because that's what they uh, they do a really confusing thing where if they ever get anything that's like, I don't know, it's some weird licensing thing. Like they have that for Better Call Saul where it's not a Netflix original, but they call it a Netflix series because I think you can only watch it on, I don't know. They get like streaming rights to it and they call it that. Um, but yeah, so it's an independent film, um, from the UK, uh, just to clear that. But then, uh, like, like you, you thought the makeup was bad. I thought the zombies looked pretty decent. Like, especially like they, what was cool. I thought about just how the zombies looked in that movie was it kind of had the range that you see in, um, uh, the Walking Dead TV show, which I think they usually do a pretty good job of their zombie makeup there. Um, and something in that show is as the series has gone on, they've made note to make the zombies look more and more uh, decayed. You know, like, dude, that's okay. That's the thing that pissed me off about this. There was all of these zombies who their faces were like falling apart and I don't think the makeup looked great, but they had all these like skin falling off their face, but then their clothes were like fine. It was like, they would, it would be like a woman with like skin falling off of her cheeks, like down to her chin, but she'd be wearing like a hoodie and like an undershirt that was like zipped up perfectly and was just like a little dirty. It just didn't, it just, that's what made it look cheap to me. I, I mean, I, I didn't notice that. I thought like when they were in, london and there's like a horde standing around um i thought i don't know i thought they all looked pretty well zombified um there's one instance where they find one that's chained up and he's all covered in blood and oh that was a lot of attention um and that was also i think a reference to 28 days later i'm sure yeah there's probably a lot of homages in that movie um i think the whole movie is an homage to the movie kind of just seems like it's based off a book i think and I think the book was written after The Last of Us. I haven't checked that, so I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like we were, we've said a bunch of times, uh, the setting is kind of like The Last of Us. Uh, but I thought, I thought the movie did such a good job at world building, um, which I thought was so neat because at the beginning, it 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 takes a bit to realize. That uh, like like we said, um, I mean it's kind of a minor spoiler because it reveals it about like ten minutes into the movie, but we've already said it at this point. Uh, the kids in this movie are like this weird hybrid of human and zombie. Like they they have the tendencies to jump into like a zombie mode, but uh, most times if they don't detect like human scent, they behave in. Th- uh, like normal people and will think like normal people um, and act like normal people. And like the main character of the movie is one of these people. And it's not revealed until 10 minutes in. Like you, the, the movie starts off with this shot where they're like, it's this girl that's probably about 10 who's in this orange jumpsuit in like a prison cell. And she has to get into this chair where she has to get all strapped in. And 
uh, they are doing this thing where like, like she, uh, is totally along with it. Well, she'll sit in the chair, um, uh, get ready, like get in the position to get all like chained up and two military officers open the door. They're like pointing a gun at her and she's like, Oh, good morning, Sergeant, uh, Smith. Good morning, Sergeant Tim. Like it just like all cheery with like these people holding a gun to her. And then they go and like trap, uh, strap these leather straps across her head and her hands and like, like you're like, why are they doing this? And then then they show like, oh yeah, they're part zombie. Like if you reveal human scent to them, they they freak out. Um, and there's a lot of instances where they like try to make the zombie part. There's a lot of zombie movies where they're like, these are zombies, and they they cause it by biting. But I thought this movie took it a lot more uh, serious and tried to explain it where they made it clear this is caused by this fungal thing and these uh people are adapting right and they like try to set up the situation the world is in from a lot of different perspectives and layers um and i i thought that was like the one of the coolest parts about it because it was like very consistent in that um and then yeah so i want to i want to touch on just one thing you mentioned so uh like okay so first thing i'll say is that all sounds cool. I just I don't think it was implemented very well. I just it, I didn't find it very impactful. But that I mean maybe that's just me. But the uh, the thing you're talking about in the beginning, where the the girl is like chained up but treats everyone super nice and is like, oh hey guys, like good morning, and they're like quiet and like point a gun at her and uh, like wheel her into like the classroom um, that her and all the other zombie kids go to. Um, I mean, the premise of that is cool, yes, but it seemed like for the first few minutes of the movie, there was a handful of things that happened that seemed to establish that the girl did not know any better than to think she was living a normal life, right? You, you, like, yeah. Did you catch on to that? Yeah. So um, I thought that was really cool. And there was like a part where the teacher, so this, this teacher is like teaching them like school, like homeschooling them basically. And um, she's... Uh, she's teaching them about like a, like a Greek myth or something like that. And um, she mentions something that happens, like some, something bad that happens to the characters in this, in this myth. And the girl like raises her hand and is like, but that wouldn't happen here. Cause there's nothing bad here. Right. And the, the, the teacher, like, like a tear wells up in her, in her face. And um, you know, you as the audience, are, I think are meant to, meant to think that like, wow, this girl's so innocent. She thinks that, like everything that's happening here, like getting a gun pointed in her face is like totally normal. Like that's an interesting premise because like, it's like the, that Plato story about the the cave where there's all these prisoners who are, you know, trapped. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The cave. Yeah. So if, if you don't, there's prisoners, not you, Matt, but you, the audience, there's these prisoners uh, chained in a cave and all they see is, is shadows their whole life. So they think the world is just like shadows and they go out into the world eventually and are like, wow, things are not shadows. And I'm butchering that. But um, I thought it was going in like kind of a, a direction like that. And I was like, wow, that's like kind of a lot to chew on for a, for a zombie movie typically. But they just kind of dropped that part of it pretty quick um, is how I saw it. Like for uh, for the first part of the part of the movie, she's like being all cheery with these people who are pointing a gun at her. But then as soon as she gets out, um she's like roving across the country with um this like sergeant guy who like hated all the kids because he saw how dangerous they were and she was just like treating him like you would someone who was 
like imprisoning you and it just the movie seemed like it kind of dropped the ball of developing like this girl who's like all of a sudden having the sensory overload like there's a couple of scenes where she's like walking through this abandoned city and like looking around like wow i've never seen a city before like all these mundane things are so interesting um but besides like that one those one or two extra shots in the movie like the rest of the movie just drops this whole concept of like a a girl who has no other perspective but like being chained up in a room by yourself uh, underground in a military bunker. And I thought that that was like when I first started to think maybe this movie didn't have the best writing um, or acting. Not that the, the lead, which is played by, you know, a young, a young girl, I thought she was, you know, she was pretty good, but um, the, the rest of the movie, I just really felt like it fit, kind of fell flat. Yeah. I just, I don't get how you see that and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't really go into a lot of other parts about it without ruining most of it. Um, so we should talk about this later because uh, I think if people <laughs> are listening, I do think they should check it out. Um, I think they should too. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's an interesting movie. And if you're looking for like most of the time on Netflix, the horror movies are not great. This is a better one. Like this is not a bad, bad movie. Um, but I was pretty disappointed by it. So if you go in, in my opinion, if you go in with lower expectations than I did, um, you might uh, have a better time than I did. Yeah, maybe I ruined it. I don't know. I I went in because I was like the only reason I watched it. I was just uh, hanging out, and my friend was like, "I'm gonna look for a movie to watch." And I was like, "Okay," and uh, he mentioned he found this, and it was a zombie movie I never heard of. And right before he started, I was like, "Okay, hey, uh, what's this movie called? I'll watch it with you." And I just randomly decided to watch it, knowing zero about it. Um. So I just kind of jumped in, not expecting anything. Uh, and I think when I told you to watch it, I said it's like really good. Uh, so I don't know if I ruined that for you. But as as a going in blind for a movie that came out four years ago, I was very surprised and very happy with it. And I thought they did a lot of interesting things um, and a lot of extra interesting world building things that I can't go into because it would ruin... Uh, a lot of the movie we'll leave it leave it at that yeah there is some cool world building in it but i would say that the world building is i mean it is kind of derivative right it's not like super original like 28 days later was when it came out or the walking dead was when it came out because it, it blends a lot of those things and pulls from a lot of other zombie movies so it feels like kind of an amalgam of like the tone of a lot of different zombie movies and video games you might have you might have seen um, there was no pills here reference. So that was kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it's cool. Like, it's uh, it, it didn't seem like they phoned in the like the world, the, the writing of how the world was structured. I thought that was that stuff was kind of cool. All right. Disappointing. I thought we were going to have a great conversation about how amazing I mean, we are. We are. You know, no, I know. I thought this would be nothing but like, yeah, this is fucking sick. Uh, it's a lot different. So that's good. You know, um, I will, I will say this, uh, you need to watch under the skin still, uh, cause that was I the do. worst movie you've ever recommended to me. And <laughs> I guarantee you it's better than that. I'm going to, I'm going to okay. scale everything off that. So yeah, I'm going to give you a bad movie to watch that way you can be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is a okay. new low bar. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to think of, I'll have to think of a bad movie. Like, that's what we should do is we should, uh, recommend each other a movie that's very bad. Like, uh, you've already watch, done that. 
I've already done my no. part. It's still your turn. <laughs> what is no? But oh, okay. I guess we well we talked about under the skin already. So like I can give my impression, but then I can give you something. So I would like to impression. uniform. If we're gonna watch a bad movie, I would like to uniformly watch a bad movie. But what I, I think we need to decide is: Are we going to watch a movie that is bad or a bad movie? Because I think those are two um, different things. You know. I think we. I mean, we, I don't think we've talked about a truly bad in a good way movie on the podcast yet. I, okay. and I love those. So I'd I think be down to watch do one of those. I would much rather watch a bad movie than a movie. That's just like, like under the skin is actual is actually just a movie that is bad. Like I, like, I didn't like the girl with all the gifts, like, like a, a bad, bad movie, like a bad movie. Is, yeah. A bad movie can be enjoyable and <laughs> how bad it is under the skin is just like, what? Why this? I, I like, I stopped 40 minutes in cause I was just 40 minutes of, not enjoying like beyond not enjoying like almost like painful like i have to pay attention to this and that is just the worst possible thing for me to do right now (laughs) um you know i see i see what you mean i see what you mean those are see that's the non that's a non-fun kind of bad yeah that's that's how that is bad that's kind of how I felt about the girl with, uh, with all the gifts. The girl with the, the, the dragon gift. But see, you too. were able to point to things that were like, that you enjoyed or you thought were like mm-hmm. good. Like, I like this. I didn't like anything in that other movie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Under, there, there's okay. not a redeemable. I think the one redeemable part is you get to see ScarJo um, in lewd things, which is like, also, mm-hmm. I don't really care about that. But that's like, mm-hmm. if <laughs> that's probably like the one enjoyable thing about it but it's i don't know ah, that movie's bad we got it we got to move on from that i don't want to talk about that anymore it was just not a good time but i am down to watch a you know like a bad movie like some sort yeah, you of know like c tier weird like horror movie or something like there's a bunch like that like uh killer what was it killer clowns from outer space or that's that's the first one that came to my mind yeah we should that's watch a, that. that's a very good bad movie i've yeah, never watched I, it I know you've talked oh, about okay. it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I I watched a ton in high school. That was one of just like the movies we would just turn on sometimes. Um because it was so bad and funny. Um yeah, let's watch that. I think it's on Netflix or something. Um yeah, tune in next week for uh impressions on killer clans from outer space, which I think you'll love, man. That movie's fucking awesome. There's so much silly stuff. There's a lot of uh, uh cotton candy cocooning. A lot of people get stuck in cotton candy cocoons in that movie. That sounds up your alley. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, me neither. Awesome, uh, very cool costumes in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Really, there. I went through this phase. Maybe, maybe this isn't normal, but I went through this phase where I thought that like scary clown, uh, like uh, scary clown masks, not like uh, form fitting ones, but like big rubber ones that would like have these like crazy features. Uh, much like you'll see in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There was a period where I thought that was really cool, and maybe that's why I like Killer Clowns from Outer Space so much. Um, and that period was in like sixth grade. So we'll see on a rewatch how I feel. Um, but yeah, I, I have a big soft spot for truly bad, like in a, in a good way movies. Like, uh, I always talk about the, the last October was very impactful to me because I watched so many fucking movies. I watched 31 movies and there were so many horror movies that I watched that month that, um, were disappointingly bad, but also a lot that were just like, so ridiculous and honed in on like one aspect that like clearly this filmmaker has like a fascination with or even dare i say fetish for um like there's a movie called terrifier have you heard of that matt Mm -mm. okay so terrifier is a movie about uh that follows art the clown 
and it is this guy in clown makeup and he just is always in a clown outfit this like black and white clown outfit he looks kind of like a like a witch in like elementary school like like uh coloring books stuff like that you may remember with like the long crooked nose with the warts all over it like he looks kind of like that but a clown and uh he there's not much story to it it's just like one of those movies that sets up and uh you know it was like a bunch of like sexy teens all in one place and this guy art the clown just finds each of them one by one and then it like turns into this like saw movie where they just like don't care at all about the story and he's just like cutting people in half and it has maybe maybe one of the most gruesome things i've ever seen in a movie that they just like show all of that i was very surprised was something that was being filmed um i won't go into it but let's just say um it looked like it hurt um that is a movie that i found it's like very bad and very dumb and like really you're just in it to watch like a killer clown kill people really brutally but that's a kind of bad movie i like and then also like the killer clowns from outer space which is like similar in the fact that like the filmmaker probably just like thought killer clowns from outer space outer space were dope so he like had really cool costumes made and then figured out the story second um and that's what makes it so fun so um yeah i love i love bad movies have you what do you have you ever seen like a bad a good bad movie matt that oh you, yeah you i've seen talk about? plenty of them like uh what was that movie that everybody watched in high school like troll 2 uh, oh yeah that, troll 2 <laughs> yeah nilbog is goblin backwards wait are you serious <laughs> yeah that's the line right <laughs> i couldn't remember it's it's been so long but i remember that was like that and the room i've never seen the room but i know that's like another like big movie that are like a bad movie that everybody loves yeah i love um, that movie yeah yeah i mean oh i i can't remember enough to talk about it off the top of my head but i remember having a good time laughing at uh troll 2 <laughs> yeah troll 2 is ridiculous all the blood is like green or something like that in troll 2 um it is famously bad uh i went through a phase in high school where like all i cared about were like bad horror movies like that um like there was a movie series called astro zombies that i got kind of into where the first movie was like from like the 70s or something and it was about these like these communists there was like uh people from there was like a one character from russia one character from china uh another character from i don't know some other like soviet bloc nation and they all traveled around in this like little like communist mobile following these like zombies that had like crash landed onto earth or something and all the zombies did were just like run around with swords and kill people and the, the communist guys were just like following them around um and it was so enjoyably bad and then like it got a sequel like 30 years later um where they had a lot of the same actors and actresses that just did not age well and I think that's called Attack of the Astro Zombies. Or Mar- I think it's called Mar- I think it's that's called great. Mark of the Astro Zombies. Um, that one's great. And it looks like it's filmed on like a like a you know those those cameras we could rent out of the high school library, the flip flip cameras. Remember those? Uh, yeah, I used to have one of those. Yeah, right. That had like the the USB. I, f- I filmed my web series flip out. in high school with a flip camera for the first part. <laughs> yeah, Mark of the Astro Zombies looked like it was filmed on one of those and it's just it's just a, a gem um so yeah I'm, I'm always down to talk about bad movies we should do like a we should we could do a bunch of episodes on on bad movies i bet dan would be down too because he he's already very critical of the movies that i recommended so it'll be even funnier if they're really bad 
<laughs> um, but uh, enough about movies, Matt. We're not just a movie podcast. You know, we're the motion pixels, and uh, pixels are for video games. Um, so, yeah, Matt, what have you been playing lately? Tell me about this uh, uh, Monster Train okay, game. Okay, so we're going to start with that. Cool. Yeah, Monster Train. Um, it's a roguelike deck building game. Uh, a lot like Slay the Spire, I guess. I've never actually played Slay the Spire, um, but a lot of people said it's like that. Uh, so that's probably a good comparison. I keep comparing it to Dungeon Runs and Hearthstone because I played mm-hmm. a lot of those and had a really good time with most of those. Um, and so for those that aren't familiar, it's like playing... Like if you play it, you have to know kind of like what a card game's like, but it's basically a card game where you go through a series of increasingly difficult bosses where along the way you get to build the deck that you have and upgrade units into it to also become increasingly powerful. Um, And what's really cool about this game where kind of like in a Hearthstone dungeon run, you start off with like this like 15 card deck and it's like really basic units. Um, but in that, you'll get offered like batches of cards. So you can just end up having all these weird legendaries and you can get artifacts that will augment things. So all your units will cost two less. So you can put out really powerful things quick. Or uh, all your units are buffed in some weird way where they'll have higher attack and defense. Uh, in this, it kind of works the same way where as you go forward, you'll find uh, these artifacts that can change how you'll play your deck. So there'll be somewhere there'll be like if you play a card, if you play the most or if you play a card that has a higher mana cost than other cards in your hand, all your other cards become free. So you can build your deck around having a handful of like really expensive cards that you can play and then you can play everything else. So it's the it's, that the, sounds like similar to Yu-Gi-Oh from what I what I know about Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. there's a bunch of like just crazy like fucking like batshit crazy things you can do with your builds. Um, this one build I ended up settling on after probably about after like, I don't know, like eight hours of playing the game. Uh, the way it works is there's like a, another way to structure it is if you're familiar with anything like magic where there's like a, or like even Hearthstone is a good comparison still. Um, there's class specific cards. So in magic there's colors and Hearthstone there's classes like, you know, the rogue, the paladin, so on and so forth. In this, there's these clans, and your deck is consisting of two different types of cards from these clans. So there's like these guys that really care about um, having armored units and hitting hard. There's some that are all about healing and like having passive damage. Like there's an ability called spikes. So when the when your unit gets hit, it will deal damage to the enemy. Um, and one of the last clans you unlock is I forgot what they're called. They're like they're basically like candle people. <laughs> um, their units are between the the wicks and the waxless or something like that, or waxers <laughs> and the waxless. Uh, and the the whole build is there's this mechanic in that clan called burnout, where after so many turns, like let's say a card has burnout one, after one turn of being in your train, uh, it will disappear and it just dies. But to combat that and to make it less bad, there's cards that can bring units back. And I found a build that's just kind of broken where 
you can get your you have like a champion that you start with which is your strongest unit uh that will typically have the most health and most attack of everybody you have um by the end of the run you can have him be like a 150 150 and you put these people behind him that just give debuffs that will damage people over over time so he'll kill anybody instantly your team will weaken anybody that gets by them and they'll usually die before they can get to the top because the way this uh, is structured is there's like three lanes that are vertical and enemies will show up and they'll slowly make their way up to the top where you're like a, like a almost like a dota where your tower is where they can attack it but there's defenses there that will hit them um you just weaken them before they can get up there and you just you can't really lose if you get all the right cards um so <laughs> it's kind of busted uh but yeah they're like like you know, I've been having to say all these things that you can do because the game's pretty deep. There's a lot of ways to go about it. Um, I think the game does have, have a good amount of flaws, though, uh, just in how it's structured. Like, you don't notice them until after too long, but a lot of things feel better than other parts. Like, ideally, in a card game, you know that you can play for a long time. Um, the game is balanced, right, Ar around a bunch of different strategies. Uh, so you see this in like Magic or Hearthstone, even like uh, Legends of Runeterra. Mm -hmm. There'll be constant uh, patches or new sets that or bands of cards that will try to foster a diverse metagame where a bunch of people are playing a bunch of different things. So you're not playing against the same thing every time. And in this game, it feels like there's just strategies that are better. And a lot of the niche strategies that you theoretically can make with like weird combinations of artifacts and cards because of the the inherently random nature of like roguelikes you're not guaranteed to get them so if you want to try to make this build work you can't um and there's just usually something better that you can lean into like that burnout build i was talking about with the candle people you can make that work like nine out of ten times and it's usually almost good enough to get you to the end and if I if it looks like I'm not going to be able to get it from the beginning of the game, I just restart my run before I even go on and just try to force it. Because, oh, because it's that good. Because it's that good. It's that good. And there's like, there's this one clan that was really interesting. They're called Umbra. And they're all around like having really big guys. And they have this uh, other thing in their uh, clan called Morsels. They're these little units that at the end of the turn the frontmost unit in your lane will eat them and get the buff mm -hmm. from them. So you build these really big guys. But the problem is, is it's really powerful early on, but by the end, everything gets so crazy and you're still just eating these things that you don't scale high enough and you just kind of lose steam. And like you can win, but it's, it's harder. But these guys, you scale so stupidly fast that you can handle almost anything the game throws at you. And it just feels broken. Um, and so I don't know if they're going to do balance patches in this game, but after playing for about a week, like we kept calling it flavor of the week. Cause I guess we all kind of saw this coming. I think most people are kind of falling off of it now because you play it for a good amount and then you realize some things are objectively better and then the replayability loses steam and then you leave the game. Like right now, the only reason I'm going to come back to it is if somebody beats my high score <laughs> that way I can be the, the self-proclaimed conductor of the train. Oh my um, gosh. 
<laughs> but yeah, like I got 13 wins and I'm ahead of everybody. So now I'm chilling. And until anybody gets close, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not, I don't plan on playing it. So this is one interesting thing, interesting thing I'm picking from what you're saying is that, so you've been playing with people, but not with people, right? This is a single player game that you've just been like trying to hit a high score um, to beat people yeah. that way, right? And, you haven't and that's been actually playing. Yeah, that's something that's really cool. Um, like I, I, like, I know I was talking a bit of crap about it at the end, but the game's really fun. I'd recommend it to anybody. It's cheap. It's not like... Uh, it loses steam before you got your value. I definitely got my $22 worth of value from this game. Um, I had a great time with it for when I was playing it and playing it with friends and not like, like in a traditional multiplayer sense, but playing it while other friends are playing it is cool. Cause there's a whole like pseudo social tab at the beginning where you can look at there's like a whole, there's like a gallery where you can view like your stats of your runs and cards you've unlocked and whatnot. There's a page dedicated to comparing your performance against your Steam's friends' performance. So you can see how many wins you've gotten against your friends. And that keeps track of that on this big bar on the left. So you can be like, ah, oh, look at Sean's a scrub and only has six. And I'm this I'm big boy conductor with my 13 wins. <laughs> shoot, shoot, <laughs> motherfucker. Um but then you can also dive in more to see like high scores, high scores with a clan, wins with a clan, things like that. Um, and it's cool. Like Draco earlier was giving me shit. He's like, guys, look at the one trick. And he was looking at the page where it's like Matt has 10 wins with the candle people <laughs> because <laughs> I've just played them for that many times. Um, yeah, it's neat. It's it's a good social game because uh, you play by yourself, but you there's a lot to talk about as you're discovering it. Uh, because learning about the builds, I mean, you could look at a guide that says like, pick these things. Cause it's kind of like drafting, right? It's like magic where you're drafting a deck as you go on. Um, you can look those up and look for good build guides, or you can play the game and discover it, which is the whole point. And is that what you did? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I haven't looked anything up for that game. There's probably a build that's dumber than mine and maybe my build is dumb. Uh, and no one's realized it yet or something. Uh, or it'll be like, yeah, it'll be like when you and I were doing some like uh, programming problems together earlier this week and uh, we came to a solution that we thought was stupid or I thought was stupid, but worked. And then it turned out that was like the optimal solution. Yeah, because it was <laughs> it was clever. Fuck you. It was never stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, it could be like that. Yeah, it's cool. It's a it's a game about discovery and discovering things and trying to understand how things work uh, is something I really enjoy in games. And it's cool to be able to do that. Like, I imagine that's why a lot of people liked Slay the Spire, uh, even though I never played it and still haven't. I imagine trying to see because whenever there's a deck building game, there's archetypes, uh, even if, you know, that that's not how the game's presented because you're not in like a a metagame type situation. There's definitely types of decks that the designers made and they want you to build. And it's discovering the, the hints and clues of like what goes well with other things that isn't expressly said. That's really satisfying. Um, and this game does it really well. Okay. So I have almost no interest in playing uh, this game, but I do. And that's just because um, well, the art I sucks. like, <laughs> if you okay, that's I that's mean, that's one thing. What I said that that's one thing. The art is very like very bad. It looks like it looks like a flash um, game. 
It looks like uh, Hearth, if someone paid someone on Fiverr to recreate Hearthstone art and then paid them half of that amount to animate all of it. Yeah, it looks like a better... Like I, I think I said this earlier and you didn't know, so you still won't know, but it looks like a better animated version of Town of Salem, which is this like... You ever play Mafia in real life? Like that mm-hmm. social game with like 20 people, you know, where... Yeah, like Project Winter, that kind of thing. Well, it's not like Project Winter. It's just more like straight... Town of Salem is literally just that game of Mafia, like a social deception game where... Um, the Like, have you, have you ever played that in real life? Mafia, yeah. Where okay. someone is like the murderer and someone yeah. gets Town of Salem is like literally that. just that. You load into this like flash looking game environment it's that you can play it on your browser you can play it in a steam client you can play it on your phone and it's just that game and the animation looks like shit and the art looks like shit because uh, it's probably just like a flash game you know and that's it, this one looks like somebody cared more about the art style but the animations are still really janky everything's like layers of 2d images i don't know it's not ugly but it's not an art style or an aesthetic <laughs> I would uh, want, you know, like Hearthstone yeah. looks better and Hearthstone probably looks more basic. So I don't know. Yeah. When I, when I saw you, I think I mentioned this uh, earlier in the pod, but when I saw you stream this game, I was like, Oh God, why is he playing a flash game? Yeah. And see like that, that's the thing though. Like the, that that's why it's good because the actual just, game part of the game is very fun um you don't play this game because it looks pretty it's a game that's all about deck building and and that's what it is it it looks good enough that you don't quit because it looks like trash but it's art style i wouldn't say is going to win awards or anything like that yeah the so the part of that game that appeals to me from what you're what you're describing like it's definitely not the art um, it's really not the gameplay. I like card games. Um, I've played a whole bunch of uh, Magic, Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone, but um, I don't know. I like I like like trading card games that I can play with my friends. Like I, I really like the social aspect of card games, not really the card game uh, mechanics themselves, which I know you're much more into. Which is why you know we famously have Card Game Corner. Um, Ooh, that's a, coming uh, back a, pretty soon, by the way. There's a spicy yeah, new set that's uh, coming out for Magic that I want to talk about. Yeah, I saw some cool Planeswalkers from that, but I don't, I don't know anything about it. Um, but yeah, we can definitely bring back Card Game Corner, um, our most revered and reviled by me uh, segment. Um, but the Matt, the thing about Monster Train that seems cool to me is that sense of discovery. Because that's one of my favorite parts um, in a game where I don't feel like I need to absolutely min max my way into having a good time like a lot of games are like like tft which is a game that i still enjoy um but you do kind of have to uh, min max yourself meaning optimize you know every little thing you can um to win consistently in that game and that's that's fun but i i also love games that have this kind of like uh uh open open world but not necessarily in the way the map is designed but open world and like all of the possibilities of how you can how you can approach it um, yeah, yeah, and see, like, that, games cool where you draft, you know, and you're making decisions throughout, uh, like, the discovery part's the best, but, like, you brought up TFT. The reason that that game kind of sucks is that 
it's like if you had to play this game against other people, you know, people would just draft the same stupid thing over and over again. But you don't need to do that because you're just playing against a rock. You know, you're playing against your mm -hmm. computer. You don't need to worry about the computer building a deck that's just the stupid candle people. You know, the, the computer has its own set of things it's going to do. And in TFT, you're drafting against other people and having to like there's a lot of discovery in tft and i think we kind of started you off wrong because i gave you some guides to look at comps and like what's good but when i when tft first came out and i was playing it it was great because it's discovering how the gameplay is set up it's like okay so like you need to have dps and you need to have them in the back but dps tend to be squishy so you need people that are like tanks that kind of stand in the front you know and you like get ideas of what different types of DPS work with best, uh, what other best types of tanks and so on and so forth. But then like after a game that's competitive and multiplayer in nature is around for a while, there's just the optimal builds. And that's when it all kind of falls apart because it's less about discovery and more about how do you build this predetermined thing with slight changes on the fly. Yeah. I mean, all that, I mean, that fundamentally is cool. And that's a thing I really enjoyed about TFT is that you were you were saying you felt like you you started me off wrong maybe I don't think you did because you started me off um, by showing me like uh, guides on how to get the best synergy for like one specific build so that I could you know get used to um, min maxing kind of one specific way to play the game but after I did that a bunch and learned the fundamentals of the game I was able to do that thing you're talking about where you can just kind of get a feel for it like you can kind of make these fun lateral decisions. Like you start out with one synergy that's working pretty well, um, but you happen to get this one cool uh, champion or whatever they call them in, in TFT. It's one cool character. And you're like, you know what? I could maybe build my my whole team around this or at least like beef up my team with this and its synergy. And then you splash something new. And that, that makes it fun. Um, that, makes, that makes you feel like, you know, the elite uh, hacker uh, on the server who can, you know, plow through everyone else because you have this great, um, synergy, uh, like mechanical synergy that you figured out on your own. That's cool. And especially the multiplayer aspect of TFT makes that even more fun. Um, but, you know, I recently, um, and I think we'll probably have more to say about this um, maybe next week, but I want to touch on it a little bit this week is that I started playing uh, Diablo 3 again. And I've been very intentionally um playing that game the way i i want to play it not the best way to play it um i i just beat the story mode for the first time i i actually hadn't on my high school character and uh because battlenet you know persists for your entire life uh i booted into my high school character and played the last act which i was just on the on the last act um i played the last act of the game over the weekend and um it was awesome I had a great time. The ending cinematic was was really cool, and uh, in that last act, I, I grew kind of attached again to my the character I rolled in high school, who was this uh, wizard named Kovacs, and you can tell it's uh, high school August that made it because Kovacs is the last name of uh, Walter Kovacs Rorschach in Watchmen, and in high school I was just <laughs> absolutely obsessed with Watchmen, so I was like, you know, it'd be a cool name for a wizard, Kovacs, and. Uh, yeah, so Kovacs the Wizard. Um, I started playing New Game Plus, or you know, really just that's it's it's almost just like the way you play Diablos. You play it over and over again, 
And uh, so it's not really like a new game plus. So I started playing on hard mode. I was playing on normal originally, and it's still super easy. But I'm I'm trying to go about the uh, about the game by playing through every difficulty sequentially um, that I can with this character, um, and just like taking it at my own pace rather than you know starting uh, starting out optimizing everything, power leveling, and then getting to like the end game. Like I want to, if I get there, that's great. Um, if I don't, I just want to like enjoy finding the best loot as it comes. Enjoy like finding the best builds for my character as I as I figure them out. Um, and to kind of play Diablo as like a more um a more laid back um action RPG, um which I'm excited about because I I, I played it a bunch actually um in the past week and um, I've been having a, a really good time with it. But I say I'd like to talk about it more not not as much now and more so maybe next week. Because um, you and I, Matt, we're talking about starting new characters um, and playing through the story and maybe the expansion um, together. Yeah, I mean, I before I move on from Diablo, I would like to talk about my perspective with it because I also played it this week. Um, and I played it in a very different way <laughs> than you did. Uh, so are you cool with sticking on it for a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, because... Uh, I'm totally down to play it with you at some point because I have not yet played the main story yet. I am. And the story is really cool. Yeah. The story is really cool. And despite not playing the story, I am 400 levels higher than you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, so I, for reference for everyone, when I was playing my high school build, which was on on normal difficulty, I was on the last act of the game. uh, I was like level 32, I think when I booted in. And Matt had been playing for like a half hour, maybe before I, I got on, and he was level like already level seventy. Um, he was getting into like the crazy power leveling, even above max level. So he was like several already several uh, hundred levels above me by that time. I don't know how he did it. He like was playing with some like people who were really into it, and they showed him the crazy showed him Mike. The way. Crazy, yeah, crazy Mike. Mike. Yeah. So I want to give my perspective on this because it was like by far the most bizarre fucking experience I've ever had getting into a game. Um, so I wanted to play, uh, after last week, uh, we talked about Minecraft dungeons, which was my first introduction to like, this like ARPG looter kind of game. Um, I was thinking like, yeah, wow, this game, this game type is really fun. Like I'm really liking Minecraft dungeons. I like discovering things and, Uh, like I was talking about my build that I had last week where I could just kind of explode on people with these daggers. But the thing that sucked was I felt like I was at the end because there wasn't any more challenge left in the game. And so after we did that podcast or maybe like the day after I was talking to one of my friends on discord, uh, who was, who's very into like path of exile and Diablo three. And I was asking him, which of these games should I try as a next thing, because I like Minecraft for this specific reason. Um, and so he told me, uh, you should get Diablo three. I'll play it with you and yeah, uh, start with that. And then maybe if you like it, you can move on to path of exile. And so I was like, okay. So in my mind, that was going to look like that. My friend's going to play the main story with me and we'll go through and I'll pick up some loot and I can play this game and see why everybody liked it for these past like eight years that it's been out. Um, and <laughs> that day he messaged me. He's like, all right, let me know when you want to play. So after work, I messaged him and I got in and 
I got into a lobby where I immediately gained four levels um, <laughs> because he was already level 70 and was grinding. I One of his other friends was in there with us who was also a fresh character who was gaining levels like immediately. Um, and the way we decided to start the game was instead of playing the story or anything like that, they were taking me to the end game because these are both two guys that had played Diablo 3 for the past eight years. And from what uh, from how i expressed i wanted to play um and having a scaling difficulty at the end um it was read as you are going to get to the end of the game which makes sense cuz these are two people that have played this game all the way through and you know the if you play this game still it, the story is not why you play it um so i was brought to that level <laughs> immediately <laughs> and uh we spent the first two hours of that game uh just hanging out while we found this random guy named crazy mike who uh was level like 800 effectively who would go into dungeons while we would just sit there afk and we would gain levels like instantly um <laughs> i still don't really know how to play the game i'm a helicopter um so okay. i run around with uh this tempest rush ability i'm a monk you're a, mo you're a monk yeah. yeah i'm a monk um, I have a Tempest Rush ability, uh, so I twirl my blade at people and they blow up. And if that's not enough, I can uh, dash at them and blow them up. And I kind of just run in a circle pretending to be a helicopter. Um, Sick. That's my build. So, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's an interesting way. Um, it, it, the thing that made me that I thought about most while this was happening is that there is this insane, this is like, I, I think a trope in a lot of games where I would hit this point at some point with Diablo, if I really liked it, right? Like getting to this end game, like that's really satisfying um, to do all these activities. Cause there's a lot of cool things you can do in Diablo three at the end. Like there's this mode that I thought was really, really cool that we played once or twice where uh, there's these uh, like little, uh, it's almost like a time trial for a dungeon. Um, they're called greater rifts at the end of the game. Have you played any of those before? No. Okay. So it's like an instance where it's uh you go through, you kill enemies. Um, you're trying to build this meter that you'll get orbs that drop from enemies as you kill them. And when you kill enough, you can fight a boss. And after you fight the boss, the rift is over. And so there's this mode where you will go against if the game will give you the build and items and all the setup of another player that completed a rift and given what they did it with, you have to do it better. So oh, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. It's really neat. Uh, and so there's a lot of these really cool end game things, but I couldn't appreciate them <laughs> because I didn't know what was different about them. Uh, so my build is an internet build because there's just definitively better things, but I didn't discover it and discovered I liked it. I was like, I'm going to pick a monk because I've heard monks are cool. And now I have like a top tier monk build because I uh, just decided, you know, I didn't <laughs> choose that. So it was strange. Um, this is definitely a weird way to get into a game. Yeah. So I think it, I think it'd be really fun if we picked entirely new classes. Like I was a wizard, you were a monk, just play something different and figure out everything because by the end of the game, you know, I just beat Diablo 3 on on normal. We could play on like hard or something a little more challenging. But by the end of the game, I mean, I felt like I had a really good 
handle on like the build that I had created for myself. And um, I, I had fun like figuring out little ways to make that better, like getting a getting a new item that'll cast something for me automatically that um, like whenever I cast something else that um, makes the like the core gameplay loop of the build I was playing like more more satisfying or easier to easier to do for a longer period of time, whatever. But um, Diablo three is just a fun game in general, like the, you know, the early game just the core, you know, going in, going into dungeons, going through this story um, and playing through all this like dark Gothic stuff. You know, it's, I think both of our favorite um, block in magic, the gathering was Innistrad and um, Innistrad. I mean, this game is basically like set in Innistrad or I guess Innistrad was set in uh, sanctuary, which I think is the name of the world they live in um, where there's these angels and demons and like, um, you fight these lords of hell who are trying to uh, resurrect Diablo from this like crystal prison he's in from I guess the end of Diablo two. Um, there's also it's there's all sorts of cool stuff, um, really cool enemies, um, great music. Um, the story itself is cool. The way that the story is shown in the gameplay is pretty weak, honestly. But the cinematics are like some of the best cinematics you'll ever see. You know, which is pretty standard for a Blizzard game. So I think we should play through it. The whole thing. There's a really good expansion too called Reaper of Souls about like the Angel of Death, and um, I think we should play through the whole thing because I don't think it would take that long, um, and then maybe talk about it uh, next week or the week after uh, once we do because th- it's a, it's a very fun game. I think you'll really appreciate it from the ground up. Yeah, well, definitely, we definitely should play it this week because the week after is going to be Pokemon. <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the DLC comes out. Yep. And then we after that is Minecraft. So we got a we got a good schedule. I think we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about. It's a it's the summer gaming season is is now upon us. So we got yeah, a lot of stuff it, in the be, pipeline. There's a lot of stuff. Like I'm considering getting Last of Us Part Two. I don't know. It seems is a little heavy to play too? right now. It's coming out in like three days, dude. Um, yeah. So God. like I said, I'm considering getting it. Um, but it seems kind of like the story seems kind of heavy. And I don't know if I just want to deal with a, you know, oh, drama, yeah. drama, I, drama about a pandemic, post-pandemic world right if, now. If you can avoid spoilers, well, I would say you should wait. Um, considering a lot of things that have been, you know, going on recently. I don't think a heavy thing is the best right now. Yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll be. I, you know, I, might, I might play it. I might not. I, might, I do like that kind of thing. But... Um, if I do, we'll talk about it. If I don't, uh, we won't. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of cool things uh, coming up. Like the, I think you mentioned the big Minecraft update that we want. That I know Dane is excited for. We want to talk with him and uh, play with him and talk talk about it. Um, I'm trying to think of other big games coming out that I'm excited for. Cyberpunk, but that's not for a few months. I don't think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've just been excited that Valorant is released. So I'd like to talk about Valorant again um, sometime soon. Yeah, maybe um, if I, I jump back it, in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's cool and the uh, the new hero is really cool, really interesting. Um like I think kind of brings a new way to play the game a little bit or at least a new role in the team or at least way new way to play a role in the team, the duelist role specifically, but um yeah, there's there's all sorts of things um on the horizon. So it should be an interesting summer of of podcasting. Um but uh of course, of course as you're aware, uh this has been the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say goodbye. Goodbye. 
I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, who will also say goodbye. Matthew, say goodbye. Goodbye. And this has been the Motion Pixels Podcast. Man, that wasn't a good closing bit. Did you see the lewd photo thing we had earlier? And cut.